Hello, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, February the 5th. I hope that you and yours are doing well. We are continuing in our look at this small letter, this small epistle from Paul Philemon. Today, we look at verses 4 through 7 of this, uh, of this book. So let me ask a question. When is a believer, when is a Christian not a Christian? In other words, would we recognize a false Christian? Jesus says to us in Matthew chapter 6, 15 through 16, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus warned us that there are going to be people who wear the name Christian, but their lives don't reflect the attitude of Christ, of Jesus. And he told us to watch out for them because inside they are really ferocious wolves. So we need to be on guard. We need to be on our guard against such people. But Jesus did say you can recognize these so-called Christians by their fruit. Followers of Christ, Christians, have pure motivations for doing what they do. They do what they do with Galatians 5, through 23 in mind. They do it with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And with that in mind, so let's look again at the book of Philemon. And Philemon verses 4 through 7 reads this way, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. And I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. The Christians who met at Philemon's house were authentic believers, and we know that they were authentic Christians because of the way their lives reflect their faith in Christ. As we've all heard, actions speak louder than words, right? Well, Paul's prayer life was overwhelmingly abundant. He must have been constantly praying for thousands of people all over over the ancient world. But did Philemon, who was such a true believer and, and whose gifts abounded in the work of the Lord, did he need Paul's prayers? Well, yes, of course he did. And and I think, friends, there's not a single Christian, no matter how Uh, devout we are who don't need to be prayed for. We all need to be prayed for, and we need to be in prayer. Someone once said that the best of all men know only in part, love only in part, and therefore we need to pray for them that their, their, their defects may be corrected and their lack supplied. On earth, we are but wayfaring men who have not yet come to the end of the journey, Therefore, we need to be prayed for that we may preserve or persevere, excuse me, to the end and finally receive the crown of life. So we all need prayer. And Paul is going to give us three reasons why we should be thankful in our prayers for faithful, genuine followers of Jesus. First of all, we should be thankful when Christians demonstrate their faith and their deeds together. When it comes to faith, the world has a misleading uh, conception of it. It's like the man who went to the doctors one time and said, okay, doc, give it to me straight. I can take it. Tell me in plain English, what's the matter with me? And the doctor said, okay, I'll be frank with you. My diagnosis is that you are just plain lazy. The man said, all right, well, give me some 
the scientific name for it so that I can go home and tell my wife. And, and that's what the, Satan has convinced the world uh, that what faith is. Faith is easygoing. Faith doesn't require any self-examination. Faith doesn't require us to do anything. All we have to do is believe, quote-unquote. And because of this, and because of this misconception, a lot of Christians are lazy when it comes to our faith. In fact, a lot of people have what the scriptures call dead faith. James chapter 2, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by some kind of action, is dead. In James 2, 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. But that wasn't a problem with Philemon. Because of his faith in the Lord, he was far from being lazy. Philemon chapter, or excuse me, 5, verse 5, I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the believers, all the saints. We can use that word interchangeably. And Jesus said one time in John chapter 13, 34 through 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that's exactly what Philemon has has built his reputation on, loving others like Jesus loved him. Both Onesimus and Epaphras had reported to Paul that Philemon continued to be a faithful and loving person, both toward Jesus and toward his brothers and sisters. You see, real faith is driven by love. And when we receive the love of the Lord, that love produces faith in action. It's faith with legs attached. But what, but what motivates our faith? Is it a fear or of the future or a desire to be a better person in a better world? Is our faith motivated by the desire for a new changed life? Or is it only like a vaccination or an insurance policy against possible disaster? You see, remember when God told, tested Abraham in Genesis 22, in Genesis 22 too, God told him, take, up, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. It's almost as if God himself is, is sort of thrusting the knife into Abraham piece by piece. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. This is a three-day journey, 50 to 60 miles. And so for Abraham to do what God asked, he was going to require faith with legs attached, quite literally. And we can only imagine, we actually can imagine, Abraham thinking to himself on that journey, this is my only son whom I love, but, but God, if that's what you want me to do, then I'll do it. James 2, 20-24, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Exodus 4, God told Moses to go back to Egypt and ask Pharaoh to let his people go. Do we remember that? Moses gave an excuse after excuse, but finally he gave in and he said, if that's what you want, God, then, then I'm going to do it. So he traveled 372 miles back to Egypt from Midian. The point is, God told Abraham what to do and where to go and to do it, and he told Moses what to do and where to go to do it. 
but they were both willing to go anywhere and to do anything that God told them to do. And Philemon is no exception. His faith in Jesus led him to good deeds, and his good deeds were shown in his love for for all the believers. Even though Paul was under house arrest in Rome, word still got back to him about Philemon's faith and his good deeds. And he told Philemon that he had heard about his faith with legs. He's, He's heard about his faith in the Lord, and he's heard about his love for Christians. Which is a great rhetorical question for us. What do people hear about us as a Christian, as a believer? That's what's happening here with Philemon. Paul's saying, hey, listen, I hear about what you're doing for other people, for other believers, and I know you're doing it because of the love that you have for God. And when you practice a love like that, people are going to talk about it. First John chapter 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. In other words... We don't have to tell people that we're a Christian. Of course, we can and we should, but we don't. But we show them because our faith needs to be shown, and it needs to be shown in and through our love. And Paul tells us in Galatians five six, the only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. A person spoke with the Lord one time about heaven and hell, and the Lord said to them, "Come, I'll show you hell." And they entered a room where a group of people sat around a huge pot of stew. Everyone was starving, desperate, famished, and each held a spoon that reached the pot. But each spoon had a handle so much longer than their their own arm that it could not be used to get the stew into their own mouths. The suffering was terrible. So come now, let me, I'll show you heaven. And so the Lord said after a while, and they entered in an, into another room, is identical to the first, the pot of stew, the group of people, the same long-handled spoons. But there everyone was happy and, and well-nourished. I don't understand, said the person. Why are they happy here when they were miserable in the other room and everything was the same? And the Lord smiled. Ah, it's simple. He said, here they've learned to feed each other. You see, we're walking We're a walking, talking advertisement for God, and our faith needs to work together with our deeds. James 2, 14 through 17, what good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes in the daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if not accompanied by action, is dead. If our brother or our sister needs help we, we, we just, and we just ignore them, we're telling them and the world that God simply just doesn't care about them. If a non-believer needs some kind of help and we don't help because we're just too busy, we're telling them that the, the world that God is, that God is simply too busy. The Christian faith needs genuine faith with legs a faith that's shown through love, a faith that leads us to serve others. Secondly, the more we share our faith, the more we learn about Christ. There's a guy who wanted to sell his house, and so he went to to see his friend who was a real estate agent, and the guy started to describe the house to his friend and having him write it down so that, you know, an ad and and all of the various listings uh, and whatnot could could be made. And, And when he had finished describing the house, the man asked his friend to read it back to him again. And then again, and then again, and, and then the man finally turned around and said, the house isn't for sale, he said. All my life, I've wanted a place just like the one you described, but I never knew I had it until I heard 
what you had written about it. Well, now that's what Paul means when he says in Philemon 6, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Paul says that the deeper Philemon recognizes how greatly he himself has been blessed, the more motivated he will be to extend mercy and to pardon others, especially Onesimus. And and the very fact that Philemon has displayed such a loving spirit in the past convinces Paul that he's not writing this letter to him in vain. Now, remember, Paul hasn't mentioned Onesimus yet. He's laying this foundation um, on the of the first of the letter, and so Paul is clearing the ground. He's cultivating right the soil very carefully before planting the name Onesimus in Philemon uh, verse ten. Paul wrote this letter to deal with the problem of Onesimus, and so he's he's complimenting Philemon concerning his reputation and sharing of his faith. He's reminding Philemon of his good behavior because of Christ, because he's eventually going to address this very delicate subject of Onesimus um, leaving, fleeing to Rome. In other words, what Paul wanted Philemon to do was to see God's forgiveness in his life in order to show forgiveness to Onesimus. He's saying, hey, listen, listen, the more you actively share sharing in your faith with others, the more you realize exactly what it is you have in Christ. Or as Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, we need to have an answer for the hope that we have. In, in other words, when we realize that we have what we have in Christ as Christians, we're, then we're so excited about it, we want to share it with others. And the more that we share it with others— what truths we found in God's word, the more we want to learn from God's word so that we can share it with even more people. And that's exactly what Philemon has been doing. He's been actively sharing his faith with others. He's heard that Jesus taught. He heard what Jesus taught, excuse me, in Matthew chapter 5, 14, where he says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. He's beginning to understand more and more fully every good thing he has in Christ Jesus. And so because of that understanding, he wants to share his faith with others. He, he wants to let his light shine. And there's no better way of letting our light shine than combining faith with deeds. And then thirdly, when we do that, it's going to have an effect on others. Doesn't it, doesn't it give us joy when we hear and see other Christians, other believers actively sharing their faith with others? It encourages us. It refreshes us. And that's what Paul says about Philemon in in verse 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Paul's only hope for Onesimus had its foundations in the kind of man Paul knew Philemon to be. And what was Philemon? He was Paul's brother in Christ. And friends, there's no higher compliment than than we can give to any believer. Philemon wasn't a normal disciple. Paul's uh, commendation of his Christian behavior reveals that this brother had a great impact on those who, uh, with whom he came into contact with. He was deci- he was a disciple who had made an impact on the lives of others outside of Colossae, where he lived. And when we think about it, God must be delighted when a believer shows proper concern for everyone and, and refreshes the hearts of other believers. Philemon's love was so evident. He was he was a well-respected man in his community, but his love for everyone was so evident. It went far beyond his community. 
It actually reached Rome, which was almost 1,200 miles away from Colossae, where Philemon lived. And so Paul says that that brings him joy and encourages him so much that he tells every Christian visitor he, he ever gets while he's under house arrest during this two-year period and under a Roman dictatorship. That's, that's great news to other Christians. It refreshes their hearts. How many times, or have we ever, excuse me, had times in our life when we hear nothing but bad news? When we get bad news, it, it of course, makes us feel bad, and sometimes that bad news discourages us. Sometimes it leads to, to you know, clinical depression, or it can be certainly a part of it. But when we hear of a Christian or a church who are loving their fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, well, it brings joy to our heart. But not only that, when we realize that they're active in showing that love to non-Christians too, that gives us more encouragement. And that joy and encouragement helps us to stay faithful another day. That joy and encouragement helps us to carry on carrying on. You know, we too, we, we will want to carry on sharing our faith with others. We too want to carry on helping others with good deeds. We don't want to give up. And when we hear about active Christians, believers, we we don't want to give up when we hear good news. And that's what Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's why Paul said to Philemon in verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Paul was, was was prayer disciplined. He always had and expressed his appreciation for believers. He always mentioned individuals and congregations in his prayers. And here he mentions his thanks for Philemon. Whether it's through giving to others, helping, helping uh, the poor, or sharing the gospel with someone, we should be remembering those people, these people, and thanking God for them. You see, Paul wasn't just, a, wasn't just thankful for Philemon. He was thankful because of his faith in God. He was thankful because of his love for all the believers. He was thankful for his activeness in sharing his faith. He was thankful because he realized what he had in Jesus. He was thankful because of the joy and the encouragement he gave Paul. And he was thankful because he refreshed the hearts of believers. Now, we ought to know how to be thankful. We know we we ought to be thankful for Jesus and thankful for the forgiveness of our sins. We know we ought to be thankful for being alive today, for our very lives. And we should know how to be thankful before we eat the food that we receive from God. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As believers, we have many reasons to be thankful. And we need to take the opportunity. I need to take the opportunity that I get and tell God how thankful we are. So let's be thankful. Let's serve each other and others in love. Let's, let's have a good reputation for ourselves, which is driven by and built on the foundation of God's love for us. Amen. And God bless.